Welcome, Spectrum people. This is our bonus episode for our spoilery review of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. So this is like meeting nine and three quarters. <laughs> so if you have not read the book or seen the show yet, don't listen to this one. Or if you do, don't get mad at us about it. You have been warned. Yeah, get mad at that Jack Thorne guy, because He's the one that rammed it. Now, we're going to do things a little bit different because this is a bonus episode. We are actually going to do news first because a lot of stuff with Cursed Child has happened this month. Yes, it has. Just in the past three days as of this recording. It's like we can predict the future. It's like we can. It would be better if we could. It would be much better if we could, I agree. <laughs> but I'll take this. This is nice come up with the episodes and have stuff magically happen afterwards that relates to it i'm fine with that so on september 3rd the palace theater in london changed their cursed child logo to the lightning bolt harry potter logo uh this is the logo used on the u.s books and in the movies and then on the fourth both the broadway and melbourne productions did the same thing so this kind of had the internet up in a frenzy trying to figure out what was going on a frenzy a frenzy oh man my twitter feed was like non-stop because warner brothers owns that logo so they can't just like use it it's the whole reason they had their own logo and so there was a lot of talk of people trying to figure out what was going on one thing that had been noticed is that warner brothers now had the trademark for harry potter and the cursed child which they had been trying for since it came out this is actually kind of weird and interesting warner brothers owns the trademark to harry potter and the <laughs> so it's getting the whole phrase that they were not succeeding in and so there's a lot of rumor about what that meant it appears they are now majority shareholder of the play a lot of people were taking this to mean that they are planning on a movie i mean they didn't go after the movie rights they went after everything and so a movie is likely in the future but n probably not right away uh they're probably waiting until after fantastic beast finished and the actors are the appropriate age and then they'll probably make it conspiracies <laughs> anyways all these logos changed and then the next day september 5th media was told to be in Times Square at 11 p.m. There were several high-profile people that were invited to the show. Invites went out, like, the day of for free tickets to, like, celebrities and stuff. And at 5-ish, just before the show started, J.K. Rowling posted her first tweet in, like, three months. And all it said was, Sometimes darkness comes from unexpected places. And there was a picture of the dark mark from the show. And then Pottermore also tweeted around the same time saying, There is something exciting coming from Cursed Child, but it's not a movie. Wah, wah. So now we have this announcement coming out of nowhere about something that's not a movie. And basically at this point, the internet hyped themselves up for something that was super underplayed. And then... What happened? Most of the logos have been replaced. Like I said, it's now the lightning bolt logo, but it now says J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And then down at the bottom where it normally says parts one and two, now says the story continues on stage. The normal, a new play by Jack Thorne with a story 
by Jack Thorne, J.K. Rowling, and whoever the third guy was. That is gone, so now it's in all the advertising. J.K. Rowling has the credit. Yep. There were new playbills. The Broadway playbills feature a brand new poster featuring Harry casting a lightning bolt spell. And the dark mark is like in the lightning bolt and features sometimes darkness comes in unexpected places again, which is the new slogan. There was absolutely no changes to the play itself. There's a lot of people talking about if they were changing all of these new logos to be more in line with the Warner Brother version that maybe they were going to change all of the icons and stuff in the show, but there was no change in the show. But at the end of part one, Dolores Umbridge told the audience to go to Times Square, look up, and film with their dirty muggle devices. <laughs> so, what happened at Times Square at 11? Basically, every single screen was taken over at the same time. So it was this massive, every screen was showcasing the new logo. But then smoke filled the screens and the new dark mark kind of appeared everywhere. And then the, the new slogan appeared. And then it kind of faded into this darker version of the new logo that was about it pottermore tweeted then giving a little more detail of what exactly is going on basically they rebranded and then had an event to show off the new branding that's all this was that's that's all it was it's nice branding i guess it's uh, better than it was <laughs> I, I, I guess pottermore also said that this was about bringing it in line with the rest of the canon as well as celebrating the fact that it is going to be available in so many countries. Seemed kind of like a vague way of saying nothing. They also then announced that 934 tickets were being given away. It was kind of not well done. So the joke being then, nine and three quarters, 934 tickets mm -hmm. that they were giving away for free. It sounded like it was happening right then. It wasn't until like the next morning at like a specific time pretty sure they all went pretty quick i really got my hopes up for a movie not gonna lie <laughs> or a better book now one thing that i only found this in one place saying that uh at one point warner brothers sent a cease and desist letter to them telling them to stop selling butterbeer oh my gosh which they own the rights to distribute that but i had noticed when i was there that there wasn't any butterbeer i'm like well that's weird well now i know why so that'll probably <laughs> be back now yeah right after you went and saw it too does all this stuff happen but that means i got to see the original true good way of looking well, at it the second cast original, of original. <laughs> 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 all right so we're not gonna um take our normal break for advertising in this episode since it's a bonus episode but i do have a trivia question for you where does amos diggory live in cursed child choices are saint mungo's hospital for magical maladies and injuries saint oswald's home for old witches and wizards spinner's end or godric's hollow you have an answer i think it's a uh, spinner's end no what then it's saint, saint oswald's saint oswald's home for old witches and wizards well, which, that was my second guess. which that scene was actually quite fun because it's just a whole bunch of people running around doing a lot of very well-known stage magic, which was quite entertaining. Can I get better at trivia? So I guess let's talk about the plot. What did you think overall? Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was, it wasn't bad. It wasn't. No, the... The cliffhangers were all very good, though. They were, definitely. 
the cliffhangers are, especially the end of part one, the reveal that Harry is dead and Voldemort reigns is like, it makes you want to come back. Well, let's go back a little to the beginning. I just want to say I loved the snack lady on on the on the train. I loved that. I thought that was great. <laughs> yes, the the trolley witch. The trolley witch. Yes. This is the most bizarre, random. <laughs> like, here's a piece of random cannon that we're just shoving in here for some reason. Yeah, but I liked it. <laughs> She was a little scared. Keep in mind, this is the bonus episode, so let's refresh everyone's memory. I haven't seen the play. I have just read the book. Queerness has seen the play and read the book. But just from reading it, that was terrifying, the way it was described. And I don't know. I really enjoyed it for some reason. It really was exactly the way it was described. She just kind of stands there and grows claws. (laughs) Now, on that scene, when they're because they're up on top of the train. Right. Because the train in all of the other scenes is made by stacking suitcases. This one is an actual like model of the train that looks like it's made out of miniature suitcases. It's kind of weird, but it's, you know, not a full-size train. It's a little bit smaller, but they're standing on it and it's rotating slightly. That kind of was weird and not as scary as this woman growing claws for some reason (laughs) i liked the premise of harry's son and draco's son becoming friends it's yes i liked that i don't like how now that just because their sons are friends that now they have to like become good friends (laughs) i also like the fact that rose was not their friend yeah yeah I also feel like Ron and Hermione's relationship was played up a lot more in Cursed Child than it ever was in the original Harry Potter books. Yes. Ever. I I also like the fact that Hermione did not take his last name. Yeah, that's a very Hermione thing to do. I, I wasn't surprised by that a bit. I was surprised, however, and this is like super spoiler, but I was surprised that she was Minister of Magic. Yes, that is currently happening. This is a weird, because of the time period of when this takes place, it takes place in either 2020 or 2022. So it has not happened yet. Mm-hmm. But in Wizards Unite, when the game first released, they were saying that she was running for Minister of Magic. And in a recent, actually, I think it was the same um, thing from McGonagall talking about the Hufflepuffs. Um, she mentions Hermione as the minister then. So this is like the time period that this is taking place is like currently she is becoming the Minister of Magic. Still surprising. I, I It's not important at all. It's just a minor, weird little, this is the time period we are living in. And Ron has the joke shop now. Yeah, so I had to look that up because I'm like, that. why is it like he has? Basically, what happened is he became an R for like six months. And then he went and joined whichever one of them is still alive. And is now like co-owner and has basically replaced the dead one. Interesting turn of events couple things about the show itself so at the end of part one when they you get the big reveal it's Voldemort day it's weird 
and then Dementors fly out over the audience, and there's like three of them, and they're just kind of flying around the whole audience, and then they just hover there for a long time, and the music just kind of builds and builds and swells, and then you get the blackout. It felt a bit too long, but it was still very much of a very exciting getting you to want to come back for the second half. Yeah, two and a half hours later. (laughs) The one thing I wasn't expecting, though, is when we left and went out into the lobby, it has been completely transformed. So there were like several monitors that had drink menus and stuff like that and Hogwarts logos. They have all been changed to have the new dark mark on them and they're like glitching slightly and all of the merchandise has been swapped out and it's all dark the dark mark merchandise and everything so it was really cool which i did not like the new dark mark because it wasn't just the dark mark it was the new voldemort and valor dark mark oh yeah so that so the skull is voldemort skull so it has like fangs and like snake nostrils, but it doesn't have a lower jaw for some reason. So the snake isn't coming out of the mouth, it's just kind of behind the head. And it's like this sharp pointed double V shape, kind of like a W, but it's a double V. (laughs) I don't know, it was kind of weird. I didn't care for it. But Um, I think it sounds fun. Yeah, so the whole lobby was actually transformed for that, which I thought was interesting. And then um, the reveal that Cedric killed Neville was, like, huge audible gasp. The whole room just, like, closed cold. That was something that, like, seeing it in person was just a crazy, awesome, weird feeling. They made you feel what you were supposed to feel with the revelation. The sorting hat was kind of interesting because they didn't go for, like, a puppet or anything like that. They went very artistic with it. And so it's just kind of a man in a brown suit with a bowler hat. And he takes his bowler hat and he hovers it over their heads as he's like reading their mind. And like there's this whispery sound effect thing going on. It was pretty cool. And he was kind of like a um, kind of like a silent narrator. He was just kind of there throughout, especially during the weird dance sequences. (laughs) All right. I I enjoyed him. Also, the guy playing um, Snape was just kind of okay. <laughs> like, he was he was not trying to be Alan Rickman. The guy in Puffs was, and so it was a very different portrayal. Okay. He, so he was just kind of okay. The guy playing Voldemort was pretty spot on. Yeah, don't mess with, with Voldemort. And then um, the reveal at the end of Part 2, Act 1... When they find they're in Delphini's room and they use like black lights in their wands to read the writing that she has written all over the walls, they lift their wands up and it like the black light fills the entire theater. The whole room is got this hidden writing all over it, like down the hallways and everything. It's everywhere oh it was awesome like it's on the ceiling it's like just like you're surrounded by it and it's like this has been here this whole time and we didn't know it it was awesome at the end when uh voldemort was walking up to go kill lily and james he actually walks off the stage these steps come up and he walks down and the steps go down and he walks up the center aisle And, like, the whole room is dead silent, and it was awesome. I want to see it so bad. (laughs) 
when they decide to stay and watch Voldemort kill Harry's parents. I don't know why they did that. It felt very unnecessary, but <laughs> the emotions with that were like insane it was like i don't know why they did this but i'm glad they did it even though you didn't actually see anything happening it was just like they're all standing there watching it and you see the flashes of light and terry just kind of collapses and it's it was a very emotional well done moment it did make me sad (laughs) reading it again Oh, Hmm? there was a couple, um, I can't put them in this one just because I didn't want to necessarily kill how the tricks were done, but there's a couple other pieces of magic that were very obvious, but also like major pieces that are the parts that everyone talk about. So like the polyjuice potion is something that everyone talks about as being one of the most shocking, well done pieces of magic in the show, even though it's very obvious how it's done. I think it's other people talking. It seems like the first time you see it happen is the part that is shocking because it's just like they take it, they flash some lights and then Hermione just kind of like comes out of the robes. Basically, all, all they're doing is they're standing over a trap door that you don't otherwise notice they pull in their arms and the other actor puts their arms out and they pull in their head and the other actor puts their head out and then they escape through the trap door and that's you know you describe it as being very simple but it's not really a very easy thing to do but the very first one they did she kind of got her head stuck and it completely killed it and then it just wasn't very good oh no (laughs) the other trick that people talk about is when they enter the Ministry of Magic. So they there's two different times that they do this and they, they have their robes and they walk over to a phone booth and then the robe gets sucked into the phone booth and they're gone. The problem is, and it, it's very well done, but it's obvious how they do it because both times they either exit stage or they walk behind something for a brief second like it's a really short amount of time that they like disappear and come back on but the robes are now so stiff that it's obvious that they have been replaced by robes that are now suspended on something Mm -hmm. and then they go up to the phone booth and then stand perfectly still for just a bit too long that it's just like they're too still (laughs) and then they get sucked in Hmm. Is there anything else that stood out to you? I felt like it just kind of... You could tell just J.K. Rowling didn't write it. She helped with the story, but she did not... So let's talk about the plot holes. So the the one thing that, that this did, like, on the two major ones, were they just, like, straight up said they were changing it. Like, with the Polyjuice Potion, the first thing she says after she takes it and transforms is, Oh, I sound just like her. And that is very much a thing that Polyjuice Potion does not do. Nope. They just kind of like did not want to do that on stage and decided, yeah, we're just going to change their voice. All right. The other one, the big one, is how time turners work. Which there is an explanation in the show, but it's very brief. And it's basically just that the guy who invented time turners said that you can't go back more than a few hours, therefore time turners don't let you do that. Because if you go back more than a few hours, you can change the past. Right. Which, I guess, but that was kind of the whole point of the way it worked in the third book that made it so good, was that they couldn't change the past. But they did change the past, and then they unchanged the past. 
But does that mean that they've always unchanged the past? Right. Time travel. Oh, also, um, at the beginning of each part, there was an announcement that was... So, like, the house announce in a Broadway show is very different than, like, in community theater, because there, like, isn't one. And if there is, it's just a pre-recorded message telling you to turn your phones off. (laughs) And so there was a different one for each one. So, like, act one was Harry doing it and basically they did it as a when entering the wizarding world muggle devices do not work please turn off your muggle phones and cameras at this time basically it was the way they packaged it yeah so you had harry doing it in the first act second act was i believe mcgonagall and then when he came back for part two it was umbridge which was great and she actually it was a little bit longer telling you not to cheat on your exams and then there was nothing for part three which i was kind of disappointed or act why did they not just name them acts one two three and four act four (laughs) there was nothing which was disappointing also draco's ponytail was confusing because i had to keep reminding myself that that was not lucius but then there was a line about the ponytail so like you couldn't just like not do that because i kept going that guy's not Lucius. And then I'm like, no, he's not. He's Draco. It's Lucius's son. I can see. I can see Draco with a ponytail. Thanks for joining us on our spoiler full bonus episode. Yes. Thank you for joining us on our spoilery bonus episode. Episode nine and three quarters. If, if you enjoyed this and want us to do more stuff like this, give us lots of money so we can afford to do that. No. Send us some owl mail and let us know. That would be nice. <laughs> thank you guys for joining us. Bye. Bye. This is Jeffrey, the financial advisor for SPEW at Gringotts Bank.